Hi, thanks for listening to C3 Hobart Online. If this message impacts you in any way, please don't hesitate to contact us. We hope you enjoy this message. Good morning, church. Just put my cryptic pin in. One, two, three, four, five, six. I didn't tell you all that. Psalm 24. Sean asked me to share uh, today on a psalm. And one didn't jump to mind immediately. And I thought, all right, well, what's, you know, I get a chance to talk to everyone about a psalm. Which psalm? I get, you know, surely, mate, there's got to be one that's better than all the others, right? And obviously, I've picked the best one. Sorry, Tyrone and others. Um, so uh, anyway, so I, I thought, you know what, I'm just going to listen through all the Psalms and see which one actually jumps out and it takes me to a place, a time that was significant, any specific memories. Um, and I just thought, I'm going to do that. Got to Psalm 24 and it actually took me back to a time uh, that was quite special and very specific. And so I thought I'd just share a couple of stories about that, if that's okay. So let's, let's just read Psalm 24. I've got the NIV version. I think it's NLT up there, but uh, pick out whichever version you've got and let's all read along. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. For he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. Who may ascend the hill of the Lord and who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust in idols or swear by false gods. They will receive blessing from God and vindication from God their Saviour. Such is the generation of those who seek your face, O Lord, O God of Jacob. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is he? He's the King of glory, the Lord Almighty. So I was in uni in Melbourne. I was living in uh, the suburb of Northcote in a converted garage. It was pretty cool. My little batch pad. And... uh, it was a time where I was deeply seeking God and, uh, you know, trying to ascend the hill of the Lord, stand in his holy place. I love the imagery of that psalm, you know, entering, a picture of entering into God's presence. It's obviously an Old Testament reference. Um, before Jesus, with access to God through Jesus, um, but the principles in the psalm do apply today as much as ever. And I was determined to be part of a generation who seeks God's face, and that, that Psalm talks about that as well. And uh, it was not uncommon at that time for me to just sit um, at my piano, just worshipping for hours into the night. And, uh, you know, I'd go to bed sometimes with no concept of time and go, oh, it's two in the morning, it's three in the morning. Um, and, you know, really just pressing in on God. Um, so I just thought I want to share two quick stories in the few minutes we've got. Um, one that from that time uh, was um, a time when I actually ended up in Uganda doing some outreach. Um, and I'll just say, when you spend time soaking in God's presence, you get really pumped up full of faith and you'll actually do anything for God. 
And uh, so I remember doing this um, outreach at an internally displaced people's camp in northern Uganda. Um, back when the LRA, the child soldiers, were, were hacking people, doing crazy, crazy stuff. And uh, there's 40,000 people living in this camp with chain wire fence around it. And uh, there's many people with severe um, scars and burns, missing arms, miss half missing arms, missing ears. It was really gruesome uh, stuff that had happened to these people. And uh, anyway, so we were there with Youth Alive and Russell Barton from Operation Uganda, um, who's based in Kampala. And we were just doing an outreach up there with the team. And uh, we decided to play the Jesus movie from a projector. Uh, hung it, a big bed sheet in a tree. And a couple of thousand people turned up to watch this movie together in the dark. And uh, just a side note, I'll never, actually, I'll never forget the moment when, uh, in the movie, Peter pulled out his sword and cut off the high priest's ear. And uh, Jesus grabbed the ear and put it back on and healed it straight away. And uh, the, the crowd just erupted. And I, I, like, there was a moment where I thought, what has happened? They're offended. Something's going on. Have people turned up? What's going to happen? Because you're on edge when you're there, um, when there's that kind of stuff, you know, war happening. And uh, anyway, shouting and jumping. And uh, it took me a moment to realise what was going on. But they'd actually just seen this miracle from Jesus, um, healing a dismembered body part. And Jesus was their healer. And uh, so, you know, that, it's amazing how you would, you'd see that and go, oh, just a minor miracle, you know, well on Jesus, you know, he does heaps of miracles. But that was the, the, the moment in this movie that they just went, wow, he's our guy. And uh, you know, I remember walking around the crowd and praying um, over the crowd and, uh, you know, God's presence was just so thick in the air. And I, I was privileged enough to give the altar call at the end of that evening. And uh, it, we had 400 people respond to that altar call. And, you know, I just remember feeling so extremely humbled at, that God could actually use me as part of something that was so significant for so many people. So, uh, yeah, as a, uh, what reference does that have to Psalm 24? Well, that's, that's the story that um, came to me as I was listening to this psalm and it took me back to that time. Um, so another quick story, um, I want to just tell you about a lady called Brenda. Um, so at the time, my prayer was, God, reveal yourself to me and speak to me. And I was, I was trying to just hear God's voice it, you know, through the day. You know, is God telling me to do something? What's going on? And uh, you know, I was doing my groceries and I was walking back home in the night and uh, I saw this lady sitting in the shadows, um, an African lady sitting in the dark on the edge of the plaza. And uh, I felt this small prompting from God to go and give her some groceries and my loaf of bread. And uh, I ignored it. And so I walked home and told myself all the reasons why. That's just not appropriate, you know, approaching a lady in the dark. You know, she might feel intimidated, threatened, you know. A silly God, you know. Um, giving my bread to this lady. And uh, I'll just take a drink. So I got home and this prompting didn't go away. So after about half an hour, I, I made two hot milos, I grabbed a blanket and I went back out to look for this lady because I, I wasn't going to have a, a peaceful evening. <laughs> and uh, 
I remember walking back towards the plaza, feeling full of faith. And uh, when I got there, she was gone. So I was standing there thinking, God, I'm sorry. Ship sailed. Messed this up. And uh, I felt another small prompting to go to the park around the back of the plaza. It's a few minutes walk, Federation Park. And so I did. And there was very little lighting anywhere. And uh, I remember walking through this park and walked straight into where this lady, well, I walked straight up to her in the dark. And, uh, and she was startled and said, she recognised me and said, oh, you followed me. And I said, no, I, 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 lady, I went home and made a hot drink and I actually came back um, to find you where I'd seen you and you're gone, I want to give you a hot drink and not my loaf of bread. And, uh, and you're gone and so I'll just walk past the park and I found you. Um, and as she looked straight back at me and said, you're a Christian, aren't you? And very, quite, quite kind of, hmm, you're a Christian. This is quite obvious. And uh, anyway, so I was sitting down talking and I was just, you know, hearing some of her story. And then she, after a little while, she pulled a Bible out. And she said, you know, someone gave this to me today. And yeah, so I was able to spend some time with her and just listen to her story and encourage her. And... Uh, you know, put her on to some people who could help her. And uh, I just remember walking home feeling like the Christian of the year. <laughs> you know, one small prompting, just one, one little, very small voice. Um, but it's a perfect example of the way that God can use any of us, literally any person at any time, if you're genuinely trying to hear his voice. So how do you hear God's voice? Well, the first step is you find your way into God's presence. Get close enough to hear a whisper and ascend the hill of the Lord, stand in his holy place. And that's, that's you know, so that psalm's all about. So I'd like to do something a little bit different, a little bit dorky, and, uh, and sing Psalm 24, if that's all right. Do I have enough time? Got a, got a few minutes? Three minutes? Just? All right, we'll do this. Um, so as I sing, just close your eyes and uh, try and connect with the words. And uh, yeah, this is a version from Sons of Korah. I don't know if anyone's heard of Sons of Korah. They're a Melbourne band. And uh, yeah, this, this is the song that took me back to that time. So it's years since I've touched a piano. So I hope it's, hope it's special. is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all men who live in her lands. For he founded it upon the seas, established it on the waters, on the waters. Who may ascend to the hill of the Lord? And who may stand in his holy place He who has clean hands and a pure heart Who lifts not his soul 
swears to an idol he will receive blessing from God and vindication from God his Savior such is the generation of those who seek your face oh God oh God of Jacob lift up your hands oh you gates be lifted up you ancient doors so that the king the king of glory may enter in may enter in the lord strong and mighty mighty in battle the lord strong and mighty the lord King of glory, the Lord, He is the Lord, He is the Lord, He is the It's incredible, Ash. Thank you so much for sharing. It's um, amazing how a story in the Bible can just take you back somewhere, someplace, something. And um, the Apostle Paul actually says in the Bible, I tell you these things to remind you of things that you have once known, once heard. And that's all there is in the Bible. It's just stories and, and, and words of God to us for us to be reminded of what he's done in our life. And it's just so beautiful. Thanks for sharing, Ash, that, you know, that, that psalm took you back to that moment where, um, yeah, that meant so much for you and, and what he'd done in your life. Awesome. Our next amazing angel to, to grace the stage is Kira. And uh, look at that smile. You're so happy. You're so happy. You're going to tell us about King David, aren't you? Yes. Yeah, that's so good. So, pastor's daughter can do whatever yeah, she wants. so since I'm the pastor's daughter, I thought I'd actually speak about Philippians. Come on. It's all right. <laughs> it's, a season. It it's a series of Psalms and we're just going to the Philippians. It's fine. It's cool. <laughs> just give you a break from Psalms. So when reading the Bible and in particular the Psalms, I found that the person I related to best is King David. And he was a writer of a lot of the Psalms actually. So just like me, King David faced some pretty big giants, but his were pretty literal. In the leading up to these situations and in the midst, we see multiple times when King David finds peace and comfort away from his anxieties in the Lord's word, such as Psalm 94. When, your anxi when anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought me joy. Just as King David turned to the Lord in his situations and times of need, I've also found a few verses of the Lord's word which I read to keep me centred. The scripture which I read the most is Philippians verse 4. Philippians 4 verse 6 to 7 which is do not be anxious about anything but in every situation with prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your requests to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This verse talks about giving every situation to God in order to see receive an overwhelming peace. 
This verse is not just like an easier said than done verse, but rather it's a command with a set of directions that comes with a beautiful promise. The first part of this verse starts off with an instruction. Don't be anxious about anything. This command is directing us to simply not worry about a single situation. I know from my own experiences that just simply not being anxious is hard when you're facing a giant. When I was 15, I suddenly got really sick during the middle of the school year. I was ill to the point that I couldn't walk upstairs to my bedroom due to a lack of breath. This situation at the time was really overwhelming and really scary. I went eight weeks without a diagnosis and without the breathing capacity to do virtually anything. During that time, I didn't see it as an attack or as a giant, just like a poorly timed sickness. I'd been in and out of hospital, had several scans, seen several doctors and specialists, tried a number of antibiotics until I got the diagnosis that I had pneumonia and a lung collapse at the same time. So pretty unlucky. <laughs> But just like King David in Psalm 13, I felt abandoned by God and really anxious. I had moments laying in hospital where I was asking God, why me? Like, why, why me? Why at this time? And when reading the first part of this Philippians verse, do not be anxious about anything, it seems really impossible not to be. I mean, like, how do I not be anxious when I can't breathe? But the verse goes on to a set of directions that support this command. But in every situation, by prayer and petition. This next part, again, tells us that in every situation we must pray and petition to God. When Paul writes this verse, he notes twice of the importance of giving every situation and not being anxious about anything. This reminds us that God wants us to give him each and every giant that we face, no matter how unimportant we think it may be. In Psalm 6, King David is surrounded by enemies, feeling anxious and in suffering. Instead of brainstorming a battle plan to try and fight it on his own or running away, David turns to God, pleading and presenting his situation. In verse 3, David asks, How long, Lord? How long? He is in despair, yet still praying and holding faith in the Lord. I've heard before that God's timing is slow, and in King David's situation, I reckon he would have agreed. Sometimes when we present our anxieties and situations to God, we can feel hopeless and doubtful because of the timing. There have been many things that I've asked God for, prayer and petitioned and lost faith because I can't see what God is doing because it's not in my timing. I have to constantly remind myself of Psalm 25 verse 4 which says, even though I walk in the darkest valley, I will fear no evil because you are with me. Walking can be slow, really slow, and it can seem like God isn't doing anything with that situation. This was the case when I was recovering from being ill. Here I was supposed to be a healthy 15-year-old girl, walking, dancing, enjoying life, yet I couldn't even walk 15 steps without having to stop, sit down, and catch my breath. In these times, I have to remind myself to continually keep giving God that situation, no matter how much it feels like I'm nagging, going one step at a time, and not getting impatient with his timing. With thanksgiving is the next section of this verse. This highlights the need for us to praise God for his works alongside our requests. It's like when you get up to grab something from the kitchen and your sibling or your parent goes, oh, well, while you're up, can you grab me X, Y, and Z? Like, it gets really annoying. <laughs> and oftentimes we say that we're not your slave. And God is the same. He's a relational being just like us, not a genie purpose to grant our endless wishes. In Psalm 138, King David shows us how to give thanks and recognition to the Lord. Sometimes we get really caught up in the situation and we forget about all the blessings that he already has or has yet to give us. My last Vision Builders pledge was a big step out of my financial comfort zone and I found myself anxious and often doubtful of whether or not it was worth the sacrifices. 
So in the midst of that situation, however, God prompted someone to bless me in my finances, reminding me once again that in fact he has got my situation. Sometimes we have to train ourselves to change our mindsets and focus on the things and the blessings that God has given us or are yet to give us. King David is my example of how to present my prayers and petitions to God with thanksgiving. Psalm 138.7 Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. Shows David acknowledging the Lord's protection over his life, even in the midst of his battle. The last part of the Philippians verse is the promise. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. This part tells us of the Lord's unimaginable peace that gives calm and rest to our minds and guards our hearts. Personally, I am prone to overthinking everything, whether it's someone taking ages to reply or receiving criticism. My mind builds up a thousand different scenarios and I end up just getting really, really anxious. So my habit of overthinking is not something that I want to deal with. Instead, I want that peace of God that this verse talks about. David was facing his Goliath, his literal giant. I reckon he was also overthinking the situation. And just like I do, I reckon he was probably questioning his abilities, whether he was the one who was meant to do it, and whether or not he was good enough. David, however, in Samuel 17 to 25, again acts as our example. Despite being a third of Goliath's height, being doubted by everyone, and carrying only a sling and stones, David receives the peace of God in this situation, telling Goliath, You come against me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come against you with the name of the Lord Almighty. Despite the situation in which he appears hopeless, he gives the Lord his request, thanking him for his protection, and receives peace away from his anxiety. In other words, he put his complete trust in the Lord. God uses this Philippians verse and many others to instruct us, just like he did with King David many times. This is my my go-to verse, especially in my times of need, as it reminds me to number one, Give every anxiety, situation, and request to God, no matter how unimportant or silly I think they might be. Number two, give thanksgiving to God alongside my request, recognizing the blessings God has given me and has got in store for me. And number three, that when I give the Lord my anxieties, focusing on the peace of God is the thing that I should put my energy and my trust into. The reason that this verse resonates with me is because it's a command and a set of directions like a how-to guide, but it results in a promise. So whether we're stuck in a hospital bed or working at school, we can apply scriptures such as these and learn from the examples of King David, which are just as relevant today as they were 2,500 years ago, that remind us that God is our ultimate protector and peace giver. That's awesome, Kira. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing. I love that part about uh, all giants, passing all of our giants over to him. And uh, how many times have we had small giants that we don't pass over to him that grow into big giants later on down the track? So, so good. Thank you so much for sharing. And going off, off topic, because I'm glad you did. Like, it brought it back. It was beautiful. Thank you very much. Hey, man. Jono. How are you? A lot of people here don't know me. So, hi, I'm Tyrone. Tyrone? Like your uh, shoelaces, you're Tyrone. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and like Tyronosaurus Rex? My man. Yeah, that's now, it. Jono, a lot of people here know that you're a dad they know that well they know that you're a dad oh so do you need me to prove that i'm a dad i need you to prove okay you you shared with us at young adults yeah yeah i did one amazing proof of your i am i actually said to pastor sean when i heard that we're doing a series on the psalms i was like i've got a great title for the series we should call it and now for something different he's a dad 
Now, this has proved the stage isn't big enough for both of us. Yeah, it is. I'm going to have to get off now. This is Tyrone. He's going to be sharing our last message for you. Uh, for those of you here who don't know me, I've been coming to this church for about three years, and I do a lot behind the scenes, like play bass. <laughs> my psalm, my psalm is 136. Read the first three and the last four verses with me. It's going to be up on the screen. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His love endures forever. He remembered us in our lower state. His love endures forever. And freed us from our enemies. His love endures forever. He gives food to every creature. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of heaven. His love endures forever. This psalm, Psalm 136, opens up with a command, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. And there are times that this is a very easy command. In the middle of last year, one of my old housemates gave birth to their second child. Super exciting. Yay them. I said to them, Mate, is there a meal train for you? Or any sort of rostered meal providing system? He replied, Nope, no meal train. Now, for some context, they live down in Jeevo. And who wants to drive to Jeeveston? Ain't nobody got time for that. Except for me, I really enjoy that drive. I'm like, sweet, mate, I got you covered. I did up a couple of stock pots of food, filled up like 30 takeaway containers with five different options and said to them, chuck this in the freezer, microwave it, throw it on some rice or pasta and it's basically ready to go. I took it down, anticipated it last them like a fortnight. Generous? Sure. Excessively? Nah, not really. To me, it's just a good thing to do. Water under the bridge and I didn't give it a second thought afterwards. In the start of January, he does a shout-out on social media. He's like, mate, is there anyone out there with a hydraulic log split? I'm like, mate, you don't need one of those. I'll come down, we'll swing through this, we'll get through this wood in a couple of hours. It took him a bit of convincing. He'd already tried to get through it with his brothers-in-law, each of whom are absolute built units. <laughs> they are built like jockeys, that is. None of whom had seen an axe before. We split through it pretty quick, got through it in a couple of hours, and while we're doing it, he's like, thanks for the food. I'm like, what? You brought us food when our child was born, I was thinking about when you were here last, and that's the time you were last here. Thank you. Yeah, no, all right. No, 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 really, you were the only one who brought something down for us, and at that time, I didn't have work. It took me five weeks or so to find new work, and we opened the last container on the first day I got paid for my new job. If you hadn't brought us food, if you hadn't brought us a month worth of food, we wouldn't have eaten. And your food was a great witness to our non-Christian friends and family who came to visit. Imagine if my response was, give thanks to me, for I am good. My love for you endures forever. I give food to all flesh, my love endures forever. But it wasn't. My response was instead, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. He gives food to all flesh. His love endures forever. And he's used a sinner such as me to show you his love. In moments like this, when we experience the goodness of God and overflow of his love, it is easy to thank him for his goodness and his love. It is easy to proclaim he is good, his love endures forever. But there are times when this is not an easy command to obey. 
There are times when I so don't want to be grateful. There are times that God's love for me feels so distant. As many of you know, I have been sexually abused as a child. Now, from the outset, I don't want your pity. It's been quite a journey and one that I've been through. As a part of this journey, coming to terms with this, about two years ago, I decided to go to the police. I thought, this is going to be easy. I'll go in, we'll have a bit of a laugh over a coffee, I'll share a story or two about what this predator had done, we'll shake hands and I'll be done with it forever. It was, it was exactly like that, I was so right. While I was there, they prodded, they poked through the dark nails of my memory, they brought to the surface everything uh, that I had pressed down. I answered their questions but they kept digging deeper and deeper into these areas that I'd tried to not think about for nearly two decades. It was easy while I was there. But the thing about bringing up memories like this is for the next few weeks, they weighed me down. I know that when someone does me wrong, I think about that conflict and analyse how I could have handled myself better in the following days. What's worse is when someone can see that that's a raw nerve and they raise it with me. I immediately become defensive. I relive that experience time and time again. And that's with a petty, stupid, small, little argument. I've been sexually abused. This isn't an argument about how often we should stop on a walk to let the dog wee. It's a very real sin against me that I, that I much rather would not have happened. In the same way that we rethink about an unimportant argument, this predator's abuse was playing through my mind incessantly for weeks. I had wave after wave of strong, dark, sad and angry emotions as I battled with these memories. I have been violated. And that was the only thing going through my mind. My head was in an unbreakable rut that had to be broken. The command, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, his love endures forever, was far from where my mind was. I had to actively decide to refocus on how great our God is. I had to actively refocus my mind on God's goodness and on God's love for me. Through this experience, though, God took me on a journey, a journey to understand just how great his love for me is. I experienced the effect of that sin against me. I experience the effect of that sin against me. I have been violated by a predator, but my realization was, not only has this predator sinned against me, he sinned against God. He hasn't just broken an abstract rule, he's sinned against the person of Jesus. He hasn't just violated a command, but he's violated a person, the person of Christ. And, just, and God experiences the effect of his sin. At this point, I had a spark of self-awareness. I don't experience the effect my sin has on other people, but I know I do sin. While my sins are very different to that sin committed against me, the Bible says my sins also are against God. David cries out to God. He cries to God in Psalm 51 verse 4 saying, Against you and you alone have I sinned. Reliving the effect of the sins against me gave me that spark of self-awareness. The realization that 
even while I sin against God, when I violate him and his commands, his love for me endures forever. In my sinfulness, even when he is hurting from the effect of my sin, his love endures forever. In the depth of my darkness, in the depth of my sadness, in the depth of my anger, in the depth of my negativity, in the depth of reliving my experience of the effect of that sin against me, God showed me who I am before him. He led me to a place where I had a glimpse of his love, his love that endures forever. I'm beginning to understand what it means to give thanks to the Lord for he is good. And the more I understand the depth of the hurt I feel from others' sin against me, the more I understand the depth of my sin against God, and the more I understand where I stand before God. And the more I understand that, the more I understand what it means for God's love to endure forever. And the more I understand the ultimate display of Christ's love for me. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His love endures forever. And He loves you this much. It's incredible. Thank you for listening to C3 Hobart Online. If this message has impacted you in any way, please don't hesitate to contact us at c3hobart.org.au.